0: Good afternoon, everyone. Pastor Greg Hayen here again. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and allow me to be part of your day. Of course, it is time for Sunday Sermon. You know, unfortunately, I've only got two weeks left serving as the winter pastor at Gulf Breeze RV Resort Park here in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Been a great privilege, and I'm looking forward to the next two weeks and then also next year. Doing it once again has been a great time. But today I want to talk to you about a message entitled, Let's Go Fishing. You know, too often as Christians, we neglect to share Jesus the way we should. In fact, I say too often, I guarantee you all of us could do better. We could do more in sharing Jesus through our words, deeds, and actions, and in love with those around us. Well, today's message is about that. We're going to compare evangelism and sharing Jesus to fishing and the things that we use and do when we go fishing. So it's a fun little sermon, but also at the first part here, especially, listen, the Bible tells us that we should know that we have eternal life. These things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. So I want you to think about that right now. Do you know that you have eternal life? Do you know if you close your eyes right now in death that you'd go to heaven? You can. You must understand you know, that Jesus is available and he is there to give you that confidence and that understanding. Becoming a Christian is simply this, admitting, believing, confessing. Admitting that I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner that is in need of help and of saving. Second of all is believing. Believing that God loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me. To send Jesus to live as a perfect person. And to offer his life and death on that cross in my place as punishment for my sins. And then confess. Confessing to him and saying a simple prayer from your heart. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I've done things that are wrong. I've insulted you. I have done things that are sin in my life. I believe in Jesus. I believe in you. I know you love me so much that you're willing to offer me. This gift of salvation and forgiveness. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus. You know, there's no magic bullet. It's just a matter of a magic, wonderful God who loves you enough to offer you the gift of forgiveness if you're willing to ask for it and receive it. Please drop me a line if you've prayed that prayer, or if you want to know more, or if there's anything I can do just to say hi. Let me know how the podcast and the ministry is doing and reaching you. You can reach me at PastorGreg2 at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-G-R-E-G-2 at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, you can find me under Pastor Greg 2, Pastor Greg 2. Now here's the message, and God bless you. Enjoy your day. Good morning, everybody. So today, we're going to be looking at a couple of different things in the Scriptures if you want to open your Bibles, we're just going to be going to really a few verses there in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, looking at, I believe, 14 through 18, or just a few of those verses. But I've also got the New Testament, I'm sorry, the Gospel Scripture to go over and talk a little bit about the Scriptures that I just had shared this morning for our service. So as we look and think about, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the gospel scripture to you. And then uh, again, be coming to meet you there in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 14 in just a minute. But the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, this of course is at the end. And so Jesus afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Today's message is really entitled, Let's Go Fishing. What it's all about is what we're going to read here in just a moment in the book of Mark. But the scriptures that I've had shared, the message today and the point today is that we have a job to do. We have a privilege of being able to share the message and the hope of Jesus Christ with those around us. If you think about your life and you think, you know, my life is meant for me to be able to make a decision on what I'm going to do with Jesus. I'm either going to accept Him, believe in Him, or I'm going to reject Him. If that's all your life was about, then me, when I was six years old and I accepted Christ and asked God to forgive me of my sins... I should have gone on to heaven, right? That's all my life was about. But I'm still here, and I'm still here because I've got a job to do. I've got something that God has for me to do with, you know, through and for Him. And yeah, maybe that's preaching, but there's more to it. Every one of us has a privilege of being able to tell our story and God's story to others. Amen. Amen. We have a testimony. And so how do we share that testimony? And and there's so many different things. And I'm going to tell you right now, the old devil will fight that more than anything else. He will silence you. He will tell you, you have nothing to say. You have nothing the world wants to hear. What can you say? What can you do? How can you help? And how can you do something? Look at you. I think I may have told you the first week here my personal testimony that You know, again, I I was saved at six years old. I was called to preach at 13, surrendered and and dedicated my life at that point to do that. I I started taking some extension classes with ministry. I've never been to college, but I have taken some off-site college classes taught by other uh, pastors and instructors and things. And I'll never forget that we had to go around and give our personal testimony. That was how we began our training or our class. So we had a couple of weeks to prepare this. And so here I am, you know, I was six years old. Really wasn't doing a lot of stuff by then, amen? Can you imagine? I mean, you know. So here I am, I'm ready to give my testimony, and the guy who goes before me ended up at his point in life, he had a shotgun in his mouth, ready to pull the trigger, looked over and saw the Bible that his sister had given him, put the shotgun down, opened the Bible and found Christ as his Savior. Greg, you're next. Oh, okay. Um... Well, nothing quite like that, right? I mean, you know, what kind of a dramatic salvation testimony story do I have as a six-year-old, right? Biggest thing was I was scared of water and couldn't swim, so I took a few years to get baptized. (laughs) That's the biggest story of my life, right? Still can't swim to this day. I just, I can float a little bit, but I can't move. I mean, you know, I'm just, you know, God didn't make me to do that for some reason. But God suddenly told me something. He said, Greg... Just because I didn't save you from out of all that trouble doesn't mean I didn't keep you from getting into all that trouble. I've never drank. I've never, you know, done a lot of things that people do out in the world. I, I got married at 18 years old. I got married straight out of high school. Been married ever since. I, I, you know, I didn't have those times of being as that prodigal and going out and wasting all my substance in the world. Now, that's not to say that I've lived a perfect life by any means or that I live a perfect life to this day. But God showed me that just because I didn't save you out of something doesn't mean I didn't keep you from something. Amen? And that changed my testimony and changed my story. But we need to understand and realize that we have a lot to offer to the world. And Jesus has everything to offer to the world. And the scriptures I had shared with you there from the Old Testament, and I'm sorry, I apologize to the readers, but how can you leave out any of the Psalm chapter? You know, I looked at Psalm 96 and I'm like, I I can't cut that up. I, I can't just put part of that in there. I mean, it's so beautiful to see and to think and to sing unto the Lord. And verse 3 there on your handout talks about declare His glory among the heathen. You see, it's easy to come into a group of like-minded believers and to open up and to share our beliefs and our story and to share about our faith. But what about doing it out there? What about doing it in the real world and around your friends and your family and your co-workers and and around those that you interact with each and every day? But the Bible says that we should declare God's glory among the heathen, His wonders among all the people, for the Lord is great, and amen, greatly to be praised. And then it goes on in verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigns, He shall judge the people righteously. It says that twice there in that psalm about His judgments being righteous. I think another big problem we have in society today is, oh, we have laws, but laws don't always apply to everybody, do they? Don't you love it when celebrities get in trouble and they say, well, you know what, I'll uh, I'll turn myself in in a month or so. I don't think that would work for everybody, would it? And then, you know, well, we're going to do this... You know the, the world is really bad about not sticking with what it says. God is not like that. God does not change. God means what He says. Amen? You, I don't care how much of a fast talker you are, you can't deceive or trick God. You can't get over on God. God knows everything and sees everything and so God can't learn. And then we see in the Bible there, as you look at the New Testament Scriptures for you, I love this one. If you, you know, if you don't have this one circled in your Bible, you need to. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and I love the King James, a peculiar people. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and part of the family of God, you are a peculiar person. You're an oddball. You're a little strange. You ever really stop and think about our faith? You believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? Are you crazy? You believe, you know, if you drive by a cemetery and you look out and see someone coming up out of the ground walking, you're going to get excited? I'm going to get excited, all right, not for the good... We believe Jesus walked out of a tomb and is alive. Dead, but alive forevermore. We're peculiar people. We're just a little bit strange, aren't we? Rejoice when someone says you're different. You know, And so we're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past you were not a people, but you are now the people of God, which had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You see, we weren't a people. There's a lot of things in here. If you're not from Wisconsin, you're a little strange around here, aren't you? We're a lot of different things here today, aren't we? We're even different denominational tags that we put upon ourselves. But there's one thing that brings us together and keeps us together, and that is God. Amen? Amen. You know, that, that's what we have to understand. We were not a people before we were just strangers, and, and we were, had nothing in common. And even now today, there's probably not a lot we have in common, but there's one thing we should have in common, and that is God as our Father and Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's what brings us together. That's what unites us there. And then, of course, the New Testament there. Jesus telling us that it's time to go forth. And I like that gospel presentation and that great commandment for you there. If you look on the handout in verse 15, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to what? Every creature. Every creature. <laughs> I think the Bible says we should be so excited about telling others about Jesus that we should start telling the animals and, and the trees and, uh, and the air and uh, the buildings. And we should just be so excited about God that we should just be talking about Him all the time. Amen? Isn't that the way it should be? What happens if I pull out a picture of my grandkids right now? Anybody else got some? Mine are the most beautiful ones ever. Yours are too, aren't they? Well, wouldn't it be nice if we were proud enough to pull out Jesus and say, here's my Savior, here's my Redeemer. And so today's Scripture and today's lesson is, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. The Bible tells us there in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 18. Now, after that John was put in prison... Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, This time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Let's pray. Father God, I pray today for your will, for your instruction, for your direction. I pray, Father, that each and every one of us will personally be visited, convicted by your presence. I pray, Father, today that your Holy Spirit would be moving here in our hearts and lives and amongst these here listening. I pray, Father, that we would be challenged, that we would be motivated, encouraged, and excited and filled with your power and your presence. I pray, Father, Your will be done in every heart and every life as we open our hearts as good ground to receive the seed of Your Word, that it would fall in that good ground and it would take root and grow, that we would be changed by our time here this morning together. Help us, Father, to become fishers of men. And I pray all these things in Jesus' precious holy name, and amen. So Jesus here told these two disciples that Come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Here's what I want you to understand is Jesus is saying here that it's not going to come naturally. You're going to need His help. And Jesus says, I want to make you to become fishers of men. I want to develop you. I want to encourage you. I want to empower you. I want to help you to do something different in your life. To be that peculiar person, that peculiar people, more worried about what God thinks than what people think. Amen? How often do we think about and stop doing or saying something because we're worried about how it will be received by the other person? I'm glad to know that in my life, I have people that will be honest with me and not just tell me what I want to hear, but tell me what I need to hear. And I'm so glad to know that God is the number one of those people. God does not care about trying to tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear, and He tells you what you need to do, and He tells you the changes and the things that you need to make. I'm glad to know that God accepts me the way I am, but refuses to leave me that way. Amen? Isn't that wonderful to know? I mean, God accepts you and loves you as you are. I don't care what kind of a filthy mess, terrible thing you are. God accepts you and loves you as you are. But says, you know what? We're going to fix some things. Let me be the potter and you be the clay. and Let me mold and make you. I want to tell you something. You understand and know this, that God does not love you or could not love you any more than He does right now. And at the same time, guess what? God does not, cannot, will not ever love you less than He does right now. You have no control over God's love for you. can't change it. You can't make Him love you less. You can't make Him love you more. There's nothing you can do to earn more of God's love. Nothing you can do to lose any of God's love. Amen? Hello? That's shouting to me, folks. I can't make God better to me and I can't make Him worse to me. God is God. His love is the same and I can't control it or change it. It's in His hands and I'm so glad that it is. And so as we think about our relationship with God, we think about having that relationship with God, Jesus says here again that He's not going to force us to be fishers of men. It is something that we need to submit to, something that we need to open our lives to and allow Jesus and God to make us into that. Because being a Christian is not natural in this world. Living as a Christian is not natural in this world. What comes natural to us is sin. Walking as God does not come natural. And so the Bible tells us, and Jesus says, I want to teach you and make you to become fishers of men. So in order to go fishing, we've got to understand the equipment. We've got to understand what we do when we fish. We've got to understand a few things here to be an effective fisherman. So I want to take the things that we know. How many people have fished before? Everybody know what this is? I barely do. In fact, it's not fully, you know, set up and equipped. It's just one I bought this week because I actually don't own one. I don't have the patience. (laughs) Too much work and effort and, you know, I need more action and fishing comes in. There's a lot to fishing, though. One of the first things that I think about is, before you can go fishing, you've got to have a license, amen? So before you can become a fisher of men, you've got to become a follower of Jesus. You've got to have a license. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5.13, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. I tell you guys without any shadow of a doubt, and I can look any one of you in the eye and tell you that if I drop dead right now, the next thing I'm going to see is my Savior Jesus. And I, I can't. I can walk around. I can tell anybody here. I have actually gone and preached an evening service in a church where the pastor dropped dead that morning. That's how I want to go. I want to die doing and fulfilling what God has called me to do. But I do. I know without any reservation whatsoever, folks, there's no doubt in my mind one bit, that when I close my eyes in death, that I will open them and the next thing I will see is my Savior Jesus. So the first thing I ask you today is, do you know that? The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who's part of all? Anybody? Everybody, right? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't measure up. Romans 6.23 says that for the wages of sin is death. People say, well, I'll earn my way and I'll be able to talk to God and I'll be able to convince Him that I'm good enough. How about people who say, I'm good enough, right? I've always asked you, what does 51% good look like? I mean if you're if you're weighing the balances and go well, I'm a good person, well, I'm 51% good, okay, well what's that look like? How do you define that? How do you know? The Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. So what's 51% good look like? Define it for me. Tell me when I know that I'm there. And then it's so easy to skip the t- tip the scale the other way then, isn't it? The wages of sin is death. All you can earn Is death. But that verse goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. John 3 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that if those who, whosoever believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's done his part. He says, Do your part. And, And so we have to make that confession and belief in our mouth and heart that Jesus is our Savior. So we have to be saved before we can become fishermen. And then when we talk about fishing, you know, we talk about our testimony. And I brought my nice little hat along, too, so I can go. So when we go fishing, I mean, it's a fishing hat, right? It's my fishing hat. Come on, now. I bought this as a serious hat. Went to wear it yesterday, and my daughter said, Dad, I'm not going if you're wearing that. I said, well, we're going outside. I mean, it's, it's a nice hat. So when we go fishing, we have to understand some techniques and some things. And so the first thing we think about is, uh, is some bait, right? I mean, I, I can't just go out there with a pole and a rod and reel. You know, i got to have some kind of bait. And, and so the bait, whether it be some nice worms, my, lo- my wife loves worms. She can't stand to look at them. They're little snakes to her. You know, we might have some lures or we might have some different things, but we've got to have something there that is bait. And what does the bait do? Tracks the fish, right? So if I'm going to go out and I'm going to fish for Jesus and I'm going to do something with my life, and I've got to find out what my bait is. And my bait is what's going to be used to attract people to what I have to say and the message I have of Jesus. And how do we attract people to Jesus. Well, we do that through our actions. People need to know how much you care before they care about how much you know. So we do it through love. We do it through living our life the best we possibly can. Being that peculiar people. I'm so glad when someone looks at me and goes, man, there's something different about you. What is it? Well, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Huh? It's the hat? It's the hat? Yeah, that, that makes me different. Here, I'll get rid of the hat so it's not so distracting. All right, there we go. So we, and you know what? I don't, I love that stuff. Though I love standing out for Christ. I love being different for Christ. You know, the Bible, as we, we look at things, there talking about being that peculiar people. You know, understanding that we, again, are that message and that example. You have, you have a testimony, folks. You have a testimony. If you have met Jesus as your Savior, if you have come to know Him, you have something wonderful to testify about, don't you? And that's yours. See, I could say, hey, statistics say this. Well, yeah, but on another internet poll, I see it says this. You can't deny me my testimony. You wasn't there when I was six years old and met Jesus as my Savior. You can't deny me what I know to be fact and to be a reality. And I'm an eyewitness to what happened in my life and have been an eyewitness in my life the whole time. Me and me alone. And so I can tell you from first-hand experience what God has done in my life. That's your testimony. No one can ever take that away or deny you that in your life. And then, of course, what also is part of that bait? So if you have a worm, what's underneath the worm? There's a hook in there. How many different places on your body have you had that find a place for, right? You know you go to throw that out and all of a sudden something, oh God grabs you back here. Fishing's too dangerous. It's too dangerous, man. I'll just go to Red Lobster or you know anywhere else to get some fish around here. you know there's a lot of options, right? so the the the, the thing we see is the hook. The hook is what we're trying to grab on to people with, and the hook is Jesus. We're using the bait to attract people to the hook, and the hook is Jesus Christ. And you know, when you sit there and you throw that hook, that bait out there, and you attract people, and then you have that hook underneath, Jesus is what lies underneath all that I do. He's the meaning behind all that I do. He should be the meaning behind all that we do, right? And then not only do we have the, the, the hook and the bait, have you ever thought about you know, how, how would it be if you just took some line and tried to throw that hook and bait out in the water? Well, it's a lot better when you've got a rod and reel, isn't it? Of course, I remember as I started fishing with my dad, just having a big old bamboo pole. Remember those when you start out? But it's a lot more effective when you've got a rod and reel, isn't it? You know, you've got line, you've got the rod and the reel, and now you can really cast that bait out there. Now you're a lot more effective. And then what do you do when that fish, fish bites on, right? You can't just immediately just start reeling in. You've know, you got to set that hook. and You've got to play and you've got to work that fish. Now down here, working and fishing in the deep sea, boy, you can go 18, 20 hours trying to bring in that big fish, can't you? So what I see between the line and the rod and the reel is three things. It's love, patience, and persistence. On average, a person needs to be presented the gospel seven or eight times before they'll accept. So you never know whether you're the first time someone's hearing about Jesus, the tenth time, the eighth time, or whatever it is. But you've got to put out the bait, and you've got to set the hook, and you've got to take your time with the rod, the reel, and the line, getting that hook to really bite in and for them to grab on. And so it takes love, you can't force-feed Jesus to anybody, folks. You can't force-feed Jesus to anybody. But you can love them. I remember hearing a story once about a missionary. You know what a missionary is? It's a fisherman on a, on a boat trip. On a, on a vacation or boat trip there. But a missionary had a young man that was out in the streets, one of the foreign countries, and he was out there you know, uh, you know homeless, begging on the streets. Very angry young man. And the missionary would go down there and he would sit by him and the young man would just scoot away. The missionary just sat there and he'd just start reading his Bible. And this guy would cuss and swear and go away and he would just finally just get away and leave from where the missionary was. But every day, that missionary would go down and do that same thing, sit by the young man and just read scripture. After a time, guess what? The man would stay longer before he would leave and stay longer and longer until finally one day he broke down and accepted Christ and the message. It takes love and it takes patience and it takes persistence. Just like fishing takes that. How about prayer? Anybody ever pray when you fish? Oh, Lord, please let me catch something. I'm getting. I'm dying. I'm dying. Same way in fishing for men is having prayer as well. We also think about where do we fish? Well, you fish in your job, you fish in your family, you fish in your community. You know, you fish everywhere you're at. That's what's wonderful about being a fisher of men. You are surrounded by fish all the time. Plenty of fish out there that need to hear what you know and need to meet who you know. I also remind you, as we look and think about other things that go along with fishing, do you know any good fishing spots? You got any good fishing spots at home? Yeah, I know, you ain't telling me, yeah? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if we had some good fishing spots for fishers and men? How about, you know, they always say too, no fish is bigger than the one that got away. You ever think about that? And it just keeps getting bigger every time you tell the story. He started out being this big, but I don't know, I think it was this big really, you know. Wouldn't it be nice if we had some stories of the one that got away? Hey, i got my neighbor, man. I've been working on him, but you know, he's just not taking the bait. You mind coming over with me? We can pray with him and talk with him. Maybe together we can do something. Would you pray with me for my neighbor? I'm not, I, I really want to reach him for Christ. and Would you just pray with me? You know, that, that's where we tell the stories of the big one, the one that got away. Maybe we bring some others into it as well. Because I'll tell you right now, you won't tell me, right? You know, if you've got a good fishing spot or if you've got a big one, you know down there there's a big one you've been trying to catch, guess what, I might just go down there and try to catch it too. It would be nice if we worked together and said, hey, you know, I need you to help me. I need to pray for my neighbor. I need to pray for my daughter. I need to pray for my grandkids. I need to pray for my family. that they'd be in church, and they'd meet Jesus and get saved. There's also, you know, different ways we can fish, right? We can fish from the bank. We can fish from a boat. You know, fishing from the shore, you know, that's all right, but um, you got a bigger opportunity with a boat, don't you? Kind of get out there and get to more places. Well, the boat is the church. The boat is the church that you belong to. The, the fellowship of believers that you're part of, that is the boat that you are in. Now, can you imagine if a fisherman was sitting in his boat on the trailer fishing? Not even near the water? It'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it? You know, you walk up to him and go, what are you doing? I'm fishing. Well, it'd be a lot better if you took the boat to where the fish are instead of waiting for the fish to come to you. Kind of happens in church, doesn't it? Well, we, we have in church. I don't know why people don't come in. I'll never forget first church that I pastored. They had lost their vision for reaching the lost. They worked really hard to build the building they built, and they worked really hard to have the land that they had. And boy, guess what? We put a sign up during my ministry there. We put up the big electric sign. We had the big billboard out front there that was lighting up 24 hours a day. We could put messages on that sign. And it almost seemed like the church completely quit trying to reach people because guess what? We got a sign now. We got a boat. We got a trailer. We got all this gear. Anybody got a lot of fishing gear? I've always heard people say, I hope my wife doesn't sell it for what I told her I paid for it when I die. I do that with my cars and mountain bikes and bicycles and stuff. I go, hope Renee doesn't sell this stuff for what I told her I paid for it because whoo! why don't we go to where the fish are people still need a personal connection we don't connect to buildings we connect to people and what I've done before in church is I've shared that the best way to fish is actually even large scale fishing with a net and actually what I did at the first time I preached this sermon at a church in fact I preached it at that church because I felt like we had really gotten away from the ministry that God had called us to, I gave everybody a little piece of a net. Because together we make a pretty big net that can catch a lot of fish. We just got to get back to fishing. Let's go fishing. And I want to close sharing with you about a story or a poem from actually Mother Teresa. It's called Anyway. People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. If you find happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. For you see, in the end, it's between you and God. It never was between you and them anyway. Let's give our best for God. Let's get back and be confident. Practice fishing. Think about your testimony. Think about your relationship with Jesus Christ and God. Share that with others. And if you don't have a relationship, if you don't know, listen, the Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Please call me. Please talk to me. There's no greater joy that I should ever have in my life other than my own salvation than to help you learn and be introduced to who Jesus really is and to find the peace that passes all understanding. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for... The simple analogy of being a fisher of man. Taking and applying the principles of fishing and thinking about those as our mission to share you with the world around us. I pray, Father, we would all be challenged and encouraged. I pray, Father, above anything else, if there is anyone listening to me right now, that if you do not know that you know that you know, listen, that's what the Bible tells us. Eternal life is something that is more precious, more valuable than anything that you could ever imagine. Do you know that you have eternal life with God in heaven? Because these things are written that you may know. Why would God not want you to have assurance of eternal life? He absolutely does want you to have assurance. So Father God, your will be done in everyone's life today as we answer your call. Answer your call to get our license to go fishing by accepting Jesus as our Savior. Or we get serious about going fishing for you, reaching others around us in your name. Lead, guide, and direct us, fathers. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.